Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who'll make working in the margins just a little more fun. Hi friends, on this episode, I wanna chat with you about the fact that it is okay to change course, and it is okay to restructure your programs in a way that works for both you and your customers. So this will be a solo episode just with me, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and I want to talk to you about my experience of totally burning out and being completely frustrated about one of my courses, despite really, really loving the topic that I was teaching on. And I was so burned out, so stressed out by running this course and teaching my students that I basically shut the doors several years ago and thought, oh man, I'm never going to teach on that topic again. But you know, a year or two went by and I realized, man, I still love this topic so much. I'm so passionate about it. Why does it have to be so all or nothing? So, and that's a question I want you to ask yourself. And this applies in so many areas of our lives, right? Why does it have to be all or nothing? If something isn't working, sometimes the solution may be that you let that thing go. But I believe that often The solution is to tweak it, to fix it, to restructure it, to really sit down and think critically about all the pieces that don't work and ask yourself why they don't work and then try to look for solutions. So I hope that if you're a course creator, a program creator of any sort, maybe you run challenges you have a group coaching program, anything along those lines where you have some sort of online course or an educational system or program that you run, I hope that you'll get a lot of insight from this episode. And those of you who maybe haven't actually dived into creating your first online course or big program because you're scared. You're scared of the burnout and the stress and the work and the all the things that you've seen other course creators struggle with. I hope that you'll be encouraged by this episode too and realize that there are different ways that you can do this. There are solutions to some of those main issues that you might see happening all over the online course industry. So At the end of this episode, I hope that you'll realize that there are ways to get better results for your customers. There are ways to create programs that are more financially sustainable so that you're able to take home a good paycheck from those programs while still paying a great team or contractors to help you. And there are ways to structure programs that are better for your mental health and your sanity and your own joy and enjoyment of, you know, running your business and teaching your students. So I guess it's a, it's a cheesy saying, but 
truly, I feel like there are ways to restructure your online program so that it's a win-win-win, a win for your customers, a win for your mental health, and a win for your wallet all at the same time. So I'm going to dive into my personal experience with this and kind of walk you through the different tweaks and changes I made and the impact that I believe those things made on the system as a whole, on my customers, on me, all of that. So several years ago, I had a program called FB Brilliance, and it was all about Facebook ads. Facebook ads are something I've been running for years and years now. I think I looked back. I mean, I I was playing with Facebook ads back when all I had was a little Etsy shop with some of my family members, and I played with ads back then. I really dove in in a big, big way in 2016. And so halfway through 2016, I had this full-on ads program because I was getting asked all the time from both newer business owners and business owners way more experienced than me, like, what is the deal? You're growing so fast. Like what is happening here? And it was through Facebook ads. I mean, yes, there's other things that contribute. I'm a big fan of email marketing. It's not that there weren't other things I was doing, but Facebook ads was the biggest lever I was pulling in my business by far. So because I love to nerd out on numbers, data, I just playing around in ads manager and testing new settings and structures and all of that. It's just something I loved doing. And so I realized, yeah, you know, I should, I should teach other people how to do this. It's so fun. And I know, obviously you might roll your eyes. You might not think ads are fun, (laughs) but to me, they totally are. So I had this program called FB Brilliance. It was a Facebook ads course. Initially, I charged $200 for it in the summer of 2016. And I had a nice little launch there, just kind of sell. I think I did a webinar or two and sold it through email. It did well. And then I relaunched it several months later in the fall. I charged $4.97 for it, but I also had a six-part payment plan. And that was my first six-figure launch. It was just crazy. And of course, ads played a huge role in that. And then I did the same thing the next year in 2017. I had another six-figure launch you know, had updated that program and relaunched it. But I want to talk to you first about a lot of the problems that I ran into because I think it's important to understand, you know, why I made the shifts that I made because I see a lot of new program creators or group coaching folks or, you know, someone who's creating their first online course and it's easy to think, oh, that's never going to happen to me. Like, I don't I don't need to structure things the way Beth Ann did because those particular issues aren't going to be my issues. But as I talk through this, I think you're going to realize like, oh, shoot, that could totally be me <laughs> too. Because I was in the same boat as you were. I was like, oh, these things are not issues. This isn't an issue. I'm going to power through this. I'm going to power through that till all of a sudden I'm at the point where I'm just like, that's it. I quit. I'm shutting down this whole thing. It's too stressful. It's too much work and it's not even profitable anymore. Right? So that's crazy. That's not going to work. And then not only it's not just about me in that moment of like, Oh man, I quit something that I really love and enjoy. It's also about my students and my future customers, the other people that I can help to really succeed with Facebook ads. They were missing out too. So it was all those things. Okay. So let me talk you through some of the problems and issues that I faced. So with my course, FB Brilliance, there was a Facebook group, which is pretty common to, you know, have a quote unquote free Facebook group (laughs) that runs alongside your program where students can ask their questions. 
in an ideal world, students will help each other out, but a lot of it is, you know, the course creator and or some of her, you know, team members chiming in and answering questions and helping people out. So I had that and people would be able to stay in that Facebook group forever. And so they get unlimited access to that. They get unlimited updates to the FB Brilliance ads course, despite the fact that, as we all know, the Facebook platform, including ads manager, including ads manager changes all the time, right? So free updates, that's that's pretty tough, pretty tough to deliver on. And then I would do coaching calls. So like anytime I would do a big new launch and I would open the doors, I would do a coaching call once a week for, you know, the first month or two, and then it would go to once a month from there. And then when the next launch would come around, I would amp up the coaching call schedule again, but I would let past students be in on those coaching calls. So it's like basically unlimited coaching calls forever and ever as well. So that just kind of gives you a sense of what that program was like. And it was a $4.97 or six payments of $97. You pay that once, you get all this stuff forever and ever. You get ongoing support forever and ever. You don't ever pay again, right? So I think when you take a step back and think about a physical product business and think about how insane that would be as a physical product business to just continue to mail out products to your customers month after month after month after month for years and years when they've stopped paying you months ago or they stopped paying you years ago. Think about the time drain and the financial drain on your business in order to do that. Like it's not sustainable. I think that it's very easy to see when we when we turn this into a tangible product. We realize, oh, of course, that'd be insane. Your business is going to go bankrupt, right? If you just say, oh, just, just pay one time and then forever and ever, I'm going to send you these products every month. But that is exactly what those of us who run online courses and programs are doing to ourselves when we say, hey, pay one time and then forever ever and ever you get support from me and coaching calls from me. There is time and money that's involved in providing those services. That teaching service you're giving people, that helping service, that support in the Facebook group, those coaching calls, that's your product. Those updated course videos, that is your product. So if you can think about those things as a physical product instead, it becomes so much more clear that, oh my goodness, how could I possibly just keep giving this out forever and ever for free? That would just, it just wouldn't work. And I would say the counter argument to that is a lot of people will say, yeah, but so many people don't take advantage of the coaching calls or don't take advantage of the Facebook group or never go back through the course. And so really your new customers are subsidizing the old customers and it's all fine. Well, in some cases that might be true if you're not great at engaging your students, if you aren't able to get them excited to want to come to the calls, if you're not being super helpful and your team's not being super helpful and just giving them great strategy and great advice and great support. But if you're doing your very best in those aspects of your program, which I hope you are, you're not going to have, you know, 90% of your students just totally die down and fade off into the background. If you're providing the exceptional service that I know you want to give, your students are going to love that and they will stick around and they will continue to ask questions and they will continue to implement. And so that is where we run into this problem. And just when I think about this ethically, 
as a business owner, my goal isn't to sell someone a program that's a, has a decent cost to it and then like cross my fingers and hope they never ask me a question or cross my fingers and hope they don't show up to coaching calls, cross my fingers and hope that they lose interest a few months from now. Like that just doesn't feel right to me at all. My goal, if someone is joining one of my programs, my goal is to help them in a big, big way. I want them to see tangible improvements in my case, since it's all business stuff. So it's, it's tangible improvements in their business for you. It may be tangible improvements in another area of their life, depending on what you teach on. But the goal is not to have a shadow customer who doesn't actually implement. That's like, why am I running my business? (laughs) If that's my goal, that doesn't work for me. What works for me is really genuinely helping people and getting them results. And I'll actually talk to you about lots of other ways that I restructured my program that made that a lot easier to accomplish as well. But I just wanted to point that out is yes, some people are able to run these ghost town Facebook groups for their courses, but that should not be your goal. That's not the right financial strategy in order to make your lifetime group and support financially sustainable. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the other issues. The other issue were the lifetime updates because Facebook is constantly changing. And I think for me, I wasn't clear enough with my students on how often those updates would happen. Would they happen once a year that I would do a big update or would it be happening every single month that I'm doing some sort of a new training or speaking to the new updates? And so that became really stressful because I wasn't organized and clear enough in letting them know when those updates would happen. And so, of course, if somebody has this expectation in their minds that, oh, every single month, Bethann's going to tell me what's new. And I'm in the background thinking, like, I'm overwhelmed. I can barely keep up with everyone's questions. I can't, you know, it's going to be every six months or something. Well, then there's a disconnect, right? So, so that's a big problem as well with time updates. If you're not crystal clear on how that works and I will get to a way coming up here where you can give people free lifetime updates and it can be financially sustainable, but I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. Then the other big, big, big issue that I faced. Honestly, this is the biggest of them all. The biggest of the big, big, big. And this is something that I hope everyone listening will really take to heart. I was trying to serve too many different types of customer. I was trying to make my ads program work for just about anyone with a business. And that doesn't work. The strategies that you use when it comes to Facebook ads are very different if you are running a local business. The strategies you use with Facebook ads are very different if you are running a service-based business. The strategies you use for Facebook ads if you're on a platform where you can't insert the pixel and see those purchase events fire, for example, on a platform like Teachers Pay Teachers, which I guess newsflash, they are going to have the pixel people able to insert that here soon. But again, that, that strategy is totally different. And then of course, there's this whole other group of individuals, the people who are part of an MLM, an MLM being a company like Beachbody or Rodan and Fields, companies like that, right? And listen, I've ordered plenty of products from friends of mine who are in MLMs. Some of those products are great. So I'm, this is not dogging them. It's just saying that as an MLM, again, you don't have the pixel control. 
And there are often a ton of regulations around what you're allowed to do and how you're allowed to market. And then I hate to say it, but the other piece is just the market competition. One of the big things I teach my students is how to differentiate their products from everything else out there right? What makes their course different? What makes their planner different? What makes their clothing different? Whatever it is they're selling, it has to be different. They have to be able to show that they're the right person to help that ideal customer and they've got something different for them. They've got something extra special for them. And Yes, with an MLM, again, I mean, Rodan and Fields is going to give you all sorts of amazing resources to say, here's how our products are amazing and the best and everything else, right? However, the problem is there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of other like, quote unquote, small businesses or individuals or sellers, whatever you want to call them, representatives that are selling that same product. So you can differentiate yourself from other physical products in the marketplace, but it's a lot harder to differentiate yourself from that other seller down the street who literally has those same exact products as you. So all those reasons make MLMs just incredibly hard to work with as far as Facebook ads go. So I was marketing my course and in a way that said, oh, if you do, if you have this kind of business, sure, I can help you. If you have this kind of business, oh yeah, we might have to tweak this, this, and this, but yeah, absolutely. I can help you with ads. I was trying to be all things to all people with my ads program because that felt like the nice thing to do. Like I, I got to tell you that that really factored in. Like it's not, it's not a good feeling to tell someone like, no, I don't really know if I can help you. Or like, I don't really know if you're a good fit. That's, that doesn't feel good. I want to be that person who says, Hey, everyone is welcome. Come on in. Like, let's do this. We're all friends and it's going to be great. But I quickly realized that that wasn't serving anyone because I wasn't able to narrow in on one amazing, fabulous, cohesive ad strategy and system from start to finish that would work for my customers. Instead, it was just this cobbled together. Here's this thing. If you have this kind of business, here's this thing over here. It just was so much more scattered and confusing and difficult. And it wasn't this organized journey that all of my customers could follow and an organized roadmap. And that's something if you have an online course or program, you will hear that from other course experts that it is just imperative for you to have a roadmap, a pathway, whatever you want to call it, a system for all your students that they can follow. It should not be a random mishmash of things there should be a roadmap and a system. Now, I'll be the first to tell you with Facebook ads, there's a certain point in the program where it's time to analyze our data and test and tweak, and then it's time to scale. There's a lot more testing and trying and tweaking different things at that point, but there's still a pathway. There's still some clear roads that we follow, and there's other ones that we can absolutely just cross off, you know, put up the roadblocks, steer clear. We don't need those things. And when I was trying to serve service-based MLMs, local, everybody else, it wasn't working. So I realized, okay, I need to decide who I can really help the best. Where am I most skilled? What's my experience in and who can I help the most? And so for me, it was physical product owners. So, you know, people who have their own Shopify store where they can insert that Facebook pixel and they sell their own physical products. Sure, they might work with a manufacturer, but I'm talking, they're not part of an MLM. They've created these products themselves. It's their brainchild. They've differentiated themselves in the marketplace. I can help those business owners. And then the second one being, I can help digital product 
business owners. And even then I realized I've got some criteria here because this whole notion of optimizing for leads who sign up for an evergreen webinar and then sell them on a really pricey course on evergreen, that is pretty hard to do with ads these days. It's not a strategy that works nearly as well as having a smaller priced digital product that you sell first and you optimize for that purchase first. And so I realized, you know what, someone who's got a super pricey course and that's it, super pricey coaching program and that's it. They're also not my ideal customer. They need to come up with a smaller price digital product in order for this to be a good fit. So I basically just laid it all out, laid out these parameters of where have I seen success with my own Facebook ads? What am I really good at? Where have I helped my students the most with Facebook ads? And so that's how I can decide who I can best serve. The other piece too is when my program was just an open and closed cart and I would launch it and as with most launches, anyone who wants to buy your program can buy it, right? That was also a huge problem because even when I launched my program again in 2017, and at that point, I think I did set a limit on how long the group would be open and how long the coaching would happen for. And I did start to set more limits on, no, I'm not the right fit for a service-based business owner. I'm not the right fit for an MLM. The problem is that doesn't mean that people are going to listen to you, right? So I had a lot of customers continue to buy my program that I knew were not the right fit. And so then they're sitting in this program. They're frustrated because the strategies I'm teaching aren't what's going to work best for them. And I'm frustrated because I feel like I'm spending my time on a student who wasn't the right fit in the first place and should have actually read my sales page or listened to any of my emails and they shouldn't have purchased, right? So that that gets incredibly frustrating to feel like this is not a good fit. Why do I have students in here where like we're just making life much more difficult for both of us, right? They'd be better served by a different teacher and I'd be better served by working with the students I can help in bigger ways, you know? And then the other piece I went with that, with anyone being able to buy my program, is that I would have some people buy who simply had products that were not ready yet for ads. They had sales pages that just were bad. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. That's the nicest way I could say it. Just bad. Just not attractive, just confusing, just poorly formatted, just sales pages that I knew this will never work with ads. So like you should not have been in this program because you needed to do all of that before you were ready to start learning and running ads. And then I would have students whose products were honestly just not that good. They had no proof of concept. They maybe made two sales of that product before, and they somehow had convinced themselves that I was going to be that miracle worker to take their not so great product that nobody really wants and somehow turn it into this miracle million dollar product. And so again, they needed to do that work ahead of time. They needed to figure out why their product wasn't selling, why it wasn't compelling enough for people, why it wasn't attractive enough, and fix that before they can run ads to it. And that's just a little secret for anyone out here. (laughs) For anyone out there who's thinking like, oh, my business is really struggling, so I should just run ads. Ads are great if you have a product that you know sells. It doesn't have to have sold a ton, 
but it, it needs to have sold some and it needs to be a product where you're just so confident in the quality of it. You're confident in the way it can help your customers. But if you're literally just trying to put out some sort of random copycat piece of junk or like something you don't actually care about, something you haven't put much thought into, something that clearly, maybe you've had it, you've had this product up for years and years and years and it still has barely sold. I hate to say it, friend, but I will be I will be that friend to give you tough love and say that is your sign. That is your sign that something is not working with this product. If you've had it up for years and years and it's still not selling, unless you're truly only spending, you know, 10 minutes a week on your business, that is a sign that there's something that's not working there. And that doesn't mean you can't fix and retool that product to make it work. That doesn't mean you can't improve upon your current idea, but it's a sign that there's a lot of work to be done, okay? So that was another issue that came up was having a student in the program. And I mean, how do you tell someone that you just don't think their product is good enough that is coming to you and they're wanting you to help them market it with ads? That was just like an excruciating thing. And I I believe that occasionally I would just like refund people and say, hey, I really wish you all the best, but I just don't think you're ready for ads. I think you need to work on this, this, and this first. Truly rooting for you, you know, maybe circle back later. So it's not that I'm not willing to do those things, but I'm sure you can imagine how how challenging it is to even make that decision, right? I don't want to have to remove people from my programs who are excited to be there and want to learn. That's a really hard decision to have to make. So to me, it's much better to just have a process on the front end that makes that decision for me so that I am only left with the students that I know I can help that I think will be a good fit. So there's one more thing, and I would say this is the most important issue that I saw with my previous ads program, which is not enough students actually went through the course materials, actually watched the videos, and actually took action actually went into ads manager, set up their campaigns, tweaked, tested, and got results. And if you're a course creator or a coach, I'm sure you have felt the heartbreak of that. When students invest their hard-earned money into your program, but then they're not getting results. And, you know, sometimes it may be that they're working super hard and you're working with them and it's just an uphill struggle for other reasons, but a lot of times they're not getting results because they're just simply not taking action. And I find that really demoralizing as a business owner. Like I mentioned before, I am not in this to have a bunch of ghost students who hand me their money and do nothing else with my programs. If that's fine with you, okay, great. I don't think if you're listening to my podcast, that's not the kind of person you are. I know who my people are and you all are kind and caring and you are in your business to help people. You really believe in your products and you believe you can help people. And so people just handing you money and then not doing the work and therefore not seeing results, that's like, that really stinks. I just think it totally stinks. And I'm like, this is not the kind of program that I want to run. I will also say too that, you know, first and foremost, it's bad for the customers. They spent their money and then didn't get results because they didn't do the work. So it's bad for them. But second, 
if we're going to look at it from the more selfish angle, it's really bad for you too. Because if your students aren't taking action and getting results, you have no happy customers and testimonials to share the next time you open up your program. You absolutely have to have students who take action or your program will not survive. It won't. Because if you go two years, let's say, and you just I don't know, sit back and your students don't do any work and so they don't get any results, at a certain point, people are going to stop enrolling in your program, right? Because if you have a ton of customers, but none of them are able to report back on the tangible, amazing results they got, that's a problem. That's a problem. And eventually your program dies off because people realize like, hmm, something's not right here. And you may have an amazing program that gets people amazing results. But if if your students don't get off their buns and actually do the work, that doesn't help anyone. No one's going to know that your program gets people great results. So that to me was the biggest issue I saw with my previous program was like, oh my goodness, how... This is so sad that so many students are not doing a thing with this course, or they're literally coming back two years later to get access to it. Oh my goodness, that makes me want to scream. (laughs) It just makes me want to scream like, why did you spend your money on this and then sit on it for two years? Don't do it. But I realized, I'm like, you know what? This is not about blaming anybody else. Listen, if I, ho- I hope you don't misunderstand me here. I am not sitting here trying to blame my customers for not taking action. No, 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 no. I looked at that and said, you know what? This, the responsibility is on me. No, I can't go into everybody's house and, and make them open up their computer and watch the lessons, but there are sure a lot of a lot of ways that I can improve this. There are a lot of ways that I can motivate my students to get off their buns. And so you better believe I'm gonna do everything within my power to help them to take action, okay? So let's talk about how I restructured things to make my new ads program a much better experience both for my students and for me and a better financial experience as well. So my new program is called the FB Ads Intensive and true to its name, it's intense. It's a really intense program. It's 12 weeks long. It is a live lesson every week. The live lesson is normally, it's over an hour of teaching. It's normally like an hour and a half of teaching and then I take questions about it. There's tons and tons of slides, sometimes like 200 slides each week that go with that lesson. And then there's a coaching call each week, a group coaching call. So then everyone can hop on there and ask their questions. There's a Facebook group. You can post your questions in there every day. I have a group of ads mentors. So these are past students who are successful with ads or they bring another amazing skill to the table, like being awesome at design or copywriting or sales pages. And so they're in there answering questions and supporting everyone. I also have a weekly homework assignment for everyone. And that homework assignment is exactly what they need to do to keep moving forward in the program. These are not silly assignments. These are not like thought experiments. The homework assignments is what they have to do to stay on track and take action and get results. And then the other thing I do with those homework assignments is I so I have an assignment thread where you can submit your homework. And then that submission, if you have followed the directions for that assignment, that submission enters you into a giveaway. And then one person is selected at random from all those who, you know, correctly completed their homework. 
and they get to choose the gift card of their choice. Normally it's like a $50 gift card to the place of their choice. Sometimes I'll do a $100 gift card. $100 I normally save for like, oh, this week I really desperately want everyone to do this. So I hope they'll get excited about that $100 and they'll do the work. So there's, you know, 12 students throughout the program who win a gift card and the program has no more than 100 students in it. Though I do think, nope, I ended at less than 100 students for this past round. So yeah, no more than 100 students are in the program so that between me and my mentors, we have the time and margin and space to answer everyone's questions and help people on the coaching calls. I also throw in extra coaching calls. And last round, I had like a sales page specific sales page review call to make sure that everyone is getting their questions answered. So that kind of lets you know how the program is structured. And let's talk about why each of these things works. So I believe that having a program where everyone starts at the same time so that everyone is on the same page, you know, the same way that if you attend a college class in person, you show up to class, everyone is consuming the lesson at the same time, having tests at the same time, having assignments due at the same time, right? So there's that sense of community that is very different than an evergreen program where people are joining, entering, exiting at all different times. They're all different stages. And not that there's not value there. I mean, I think this is why I have my ads mentors. My mentors are people that I pay. I pay them, you know, by the hour for their time in the group for answering questions, for sharing their expertise. And I think it's important to have peers in a group that do have more experience who can and speak to that and not just the instructor, right? Because I have my one limited perspective, but my students bring all sorts of different perspectives to the table. So I think that's fabulous. But there is something so powerful about having a group of students all on the same page together. And a lot of my students will tell you that my program feels kind of like business boot camp. They really feel like their buns got whipped into shape. It's like they have left basic training, they have left boot camp, and their business, though, in most cases, is now strong. They're flexing their business muscles. They have this system at the end where they can now grab brand new ice cold customers from their advertising, and then that continues to grow their email list, their customer base, so that all future launches and promotions just go so much better. So it's yeah, it, it really is a uh, business boot camp, and they all they kind of have this uh, this camaraderie. They bond over the fact that like, phew, we made it through <laughs> the ads intensive together. So they build a community around each other, and they can commiserate with like, man, this is a lot of information. This is a lot of work. This is pretty tough. And I think that's really good. I love that they can all support each other in that way, and I. I just, I love that they're going through the same experience at the same time. They're all in it together and they can bond with each other, support each other, encourage each other. I just think that is so powerful. Then the other piece, of course, with the homework assignments is that keeps you on track. So maybe you don't attend the live lesson, which a lot of my students don't, and they do totally fine. You don't have to be there live, but you know, okay, by next week, my homework that's related to that lesson is going to be due. So I better find a time this week. I'm going to prioritize a time to watch that lesson and get my homework in so I can stay on track. So that accountability of, 
knowing that there are due dates attached to what you're doing. And of course, there's no, I mean, there's no consequence for not doing it, right? It's your own growth that you're inhibiting there. But you miss out on a chance at a prize. That's one thing. You miss out on, you know, giving yourself a huge high five for accomplishing something big and staying on track. But honestly, this is where doing it all together and live is so great is that peer pressure is pretty big. It's not that people in the group are making you feel bad if you get behind. We're all super encouraging of like, hey, it's okay. Pick up right where you left off. You've got this. No big deal. We're still here for you. We're here to answer your questions. Go ahead and submit on the thread late. That's fine. But just seeing all the other students who have submitted their homework, it's like, ooh, man, uh uh-oh. If this lady over here with five kids and who's homeschooling them, she's able to get her homework in on time, like I'm not sure what my excuse is. I better, you know, kick it into high gear and get this done. And so that is a level of accountability that honestly I can't give you on my own. Like I'm not ever going to be that person that's like, in your face like a drill instructor, you know, and and honestly, I don't necessarily, I don't view that as the, the best way <laughs> to motivate people either. But see, that peer pressure, I believe is is super powerful. And the tangible assignments and the the due dates, right? You you know exactly what you're supposed to do to keep making forward progress. And then another big piece of my program that has made an enormous difference is that now it's an application only process. I was really nervous to run a program like this, but I knew that I didn't want to have all of these students purchasing my program and trying to come on into the group who just had business models that I knew I couldn't help, that I knew were not the right fit. It becomes, it's a time suck. It's a hassle. It's, it's not what I want to do. And so I knew the better solution was to have an application. So my application is on type form. It does take, I would say my students on average take about 30 minutes to fill it out. I can, you know, look at those averages. It's not anything crazy. I'm not asking you college entrance essays. I do ask, you know, tell me about your ideal customer because I want to get a sense for like, what is your grasp of your own business and who you help and serve? That's pretty important. I ask for like, link me to your product. I want to take a look at that sales page for what you want to sell with ads. I want to see sales data. And again, it's a range. I'm not asking for you to tell me. (laughs) I'm not asking you to release, you know, confidential financial reports. I'm asking you to give me a range of where you're at. And we check for things like, is your pixel already installed so that we know you've been tracking data already on those purchase events and on those page views on your site and things like that. But the biggest thing I'm doing there is just taking a really good look at each and every business owner to say, is this someone I truly believe that I and my program can help to be successful with ads. And if I don't believe that I can help someone to be successful with ads, I'm not going to accept them into my program. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I get this wrong. I absolutely get this wrong. Every round of the intensive. So I had, let's see, I had maybe 50 students the first round, 72 or so, 70-some 70, 70 students the second round, and a, right around 100 students the third round. Every round, I have a few students where they work and work and work and try and try and try, and it's not working. And that is so frustrating. So 
that is something that can happen. But for the students who show up and really work hard and do their best, and just a little secret between you and me, I can tell the difference and my mentors can tell the difference. You're not fooling us. Just saying that you're trying your best is not the same. We can absolutely, it's very easy to tell who's paid a lick of attention to the course material and who's trying to phone it in. We can tell. So those that try their best, it's not very common for those students to not be successful with that. It does happen. I would say, especially with the pandemic, with the election, we have had some bumps in the road. We, I've, I've had lots of students who they were crazy successful with ads the first several months. Then they hit some hiccups. Now we're getting back on track. So those kinds of things happen for sure. But I just want to point out the success rate that I see now for my students it's crazy. It is so much higher than I ever saw from any course or program I ever ran before. And I believe it's, of course, all those live components and pieces of accountability and community and support, but it's also the fact that I have an application on the front end. And on average so far, I only accept about one out of every three people that applies. So I expect that acceptance rate to continue to go down because as the program spreads and more people hear about it, as I get better at marketing each round of the intensive, I hope to see more and more applications come in and then I'll be, you know, choosier and choosier on who I accept in based on who I think is like, oh yeah, you're going to be a slam dunk. I know for sure your ads are going to do amazingly well. Back to that point though of having students every round who do try their very best, and we just cannot seem to get their ads working. Part of my hang up there is that even though I have an application process, I am someone who loves to give the underdog a chance. I just, I have seen with my own eyes that there are brand new business owners who have maybe 10 sales under their belts, but I see the potential in what they're doing. I see the potential in their product. And it is really fun to give those people a chance in the intensive and to watch them grow and thrive. But the problem is I'm not always right. There are some brand new business owners where I see all the potential they have, but it still doesn't it still doesn't work out despite all of their best efforts and despite all of my best efforts. So I wanted to point that out. And then of course, full transparency, there are students with lots of proven sales in the organic sphere. Like let's say they get lots of Pinterest traffic or they have lots of affiliates selling their products. And so sometimes that's a different ball game than what we do over on Facebook. And it still is like a lot of work and tweaking to get things working for them. But I find that those students who just have this attitude of determination that says, I'm going to make my ads work or bust. Like there is nothing that's going to stop me. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to make this happen. They absolutely do. But it, it definitely does take that attitude for some students. I have other students where the success is so fast and so immediate and it's so exciting, but I have this whole range of how long it takes for my students to be successful. But that's why, you know, in the program, there are those live coaching calls and there is that group of support. Oh, but that brings me to some of the other issues that I've now been able to fix with this new program. So the issue of having access to a free Facebook group where you can ask all your questions forever and ever. I was really torn about what to do about this because 
I knew I can't just give people this free support forever and ever. Ads are a beast of a thing to learn and do, and they're changing a lot. And so for me to continue to help people, there needs to be payment in exchange for that service, for that help. So I came up with a membership group. My membership is not like a typical membership. It literally exists simply to serve my students who've graduated from the ads intensive. And when I say graduate, I do mean you must have done the work in the ads intensive. You must have tweaked and tested and had enough determination to make some level of sales with your ads. And if you haven't gotten there yet, then your job is to keep going through the course materials and get yourself there because we worked our buns off (laughs) because we worked as hard as we could to help you get there during our 12 weeks together. Now you need to take yourself to the finish line as far as approving yourself with some profitable sales with ads. And then if you want that ongoing support, you want the ongoing coaching calls, you want the ongoing Facebook group to ask questions and get help and get little videos and update posts from me on what's working right now with ads, that is a membership that you pay month to month to be a part of. And that has worked out really well. I mean, the membership is, again, it's not a traditional membership. The goal is not to bog people down with extra trainings all the time. They're not paying for a certain amount of extra trainings or content. They're paying mostly for the support. They're paying for the fact that they know I will continue to test and tweak and experiment and play with ads forever and ever and teach them what I'm learning and that we all, you know, all the students in there are successful at ads. And so we all learn from each other and learn what's working from each other. That's what they're paying for. So I also wanted to point that out. If you're debating having a membership, you might want to have a membership that it's just like mine, where it basically is just serving those students of yours who've graduated from your program and they just have an ongoing need for support. And you shouldn't at all feel bad about them paying for that. Remember, if you turn your service, your help, your coaching calls into a physical product that you would mail to them each month, you would understand that you absolutely have to charge for that for your business to be sustainable. And so it's the same way with ongoing support from you in any way, shape or form. Oh, and then I wanted to point out the whole free updates forever. So that is something that I've been able to very easily accomplish because of the fact that I now run my ads program as a live program. So I have found, and and you may find something different for you, but I am a performer by nature. So getting myself to set my own due date and get my work done on time, if no one else is depending on me, it might not happen, right? I will put it off. I will put it off because to me, maintenance of a program, like that's not that fun, right? I would rather be playing with my own ads and, you know, helping students out, brainstorming with students, but like re-recording a whole bunch of videos just because ads manager has a new look. That is, that's not my jam, right? That's like such a painful process. Also, okay, as as it relates to that, when we talk about financially sustainable, wow, is it not financially sustainable to do free updates to a program if your program is all pre-recorded videos? Because think about it, whether it's a screen recording that then you have to pay a video editor to edit out the mistakes or maybe add slides and music to, or whether it's you updating your slides, either of those is going to cost a lot of time and money. So my way around that, and especially the fact that I just was never excited to do those updates and spend the time and money on that, was to do 
the program live. I mean, again, it meets, of course, all that accountability and support and community for my students, but it holds me really, really accountable too. So every single week I am looking at my slides for that upcoming lesson and I am looking at them with a fine tooth comb of where, what's changed since the last round of the ads intensive, what screenshots need to be updated. And we do that as ads manager changes. I have someone on my team that can just change out those screenshots for me to reflect the new ads manager look, or, you know, sometimes entire strategies and structures and settings have changed. And so we just totally change those slides around, but that's a much easier process. I will say that too, that if, if your program is pre-recorded videos, I do highly recommend that rather than doing like little screen sharing tutorials of you doing the thing in real time, it is much easier if you do screenshot step-by-step slides. Because if you have a screenshot with arrows and circles showing them where to go and what to do, number one, it's honestly a great quick reference for them after the fact. My students can, if they want, not even watch the video replay, but just go through the slides step-by-step and learn that way for those who prefer that method of learning. But it just makes it so much easier to update and change things because I don't necessarily need to re-record an entire video. If a few strategies have changed, I can just update those slides. And then of course, I teach each lesson live. And so there will be a brand new updated video for each round of the intensive, but it's created by simply updating those slides. And then of course, updating, you know, what I'm teaching to my students in that live lesson. So I will say, Some of my students do not like those super long lessons and they're like, can you please break these into bite-sized videos? There are some bite-sized videos that I probably will start to create and I will in my membership and sometimes for my ads intensive students as well, record little loom videos on, Hey, here's how to do this. Here's this new thing. Here's something you should know about here. That's no problem. But to take an entire program and make it these teeny tiny videos. And then what do you do when a portion has changed? It just becomes a logistical nightmare to change and edit those videos and a financial, honestly, I don't know if financial nightmare is the right word, but it's, it's a hardship to, to have to do that. So instead, my new round of students who have paid to be there, I am updating the slides for them in real time so that they also have that guarantee of like, this content was reviewed this week. As of this week, this is up to date. So that's pretty fabulous. There aren't many courses that can say, as of this week, this is up to date. But then my past students are able to access those replays and those new slides so that every single future round of the intensive, they just get access to the replays and the slides on the back end inside uh, Teachable, which is where my course materials live. So my past students, if they wanted that Facebook group or those coaching calls, they'd be paying to be part of the membership. But whether they're in the membership or not, they all get the brand new course replays and materials for each subsequent round. And that is not a financial hardship to me at all, not in any way, shape, or form, because I'm already updating that content for my brand new students who are paying right then and there to be learning that material. And because it's mostly slide-based, 
it's an easier process to get that content updated. Now, the other tip I have as far as that goes is I have added more resources to my different units. You know, there's 12 units in all for the program. I've added more resources over time. So as I hear from my students, and this is another benefit of doing things live, is your students are more invested and you get to hear from them in real time about what's working and what's not. They tell me, hey, can you give me a calculator for that? Or, hey, what about a spreadsheet for this? Hey, could you give this to me in a worksheet form as well instead of just being in the slides? So those are things I can do. Like, yep, let's create this resource. Let's do that thing. So every round I add more you know, cheat sheets and goodies and resources and extras that supplement their learning and, you know, give them basically those shortcuts that they're looking for. So I believe again that some of some of the more evergreen concepts and tutorials I can turn into shorter videos for them in that sense. But there there's other tools that I can give them as well to make their learning easier, like using Searchy, which is a tool that's Stu McLaren and his team created that makes it a lot easier to search through videos for the content that you're looking for. So that's something I'll be implementing in the future as well. But all of those things, you know, having an application, being so clear on who's a good fit and who's not, having live lessons, updating in real time, having ads mentors to support the group, having those weekly assignments, having weekly giveaways, having a group where they can ask questions and five days a week, the mentors and I are in there answering, having coaching calls every week. These are all things that mean that I see way higher success rates from my students than I've ever seen before. I am way less burned out than I ever was in the past when I taught Facebook ads. Now, again, I learn every round because I guarantee you some of my students from this summer will tell you Beth Ann seemed a little stressed out and they wouldn't be wrong. They would be right. I think I accepted just a few too many beginners that I really wanted to take a chance on. So I got, I got to kind of like set a limit for myself on that. And there were a few people that I realized quickly were not a great fit for the program for a multitude of different reasons. And we really should have just parted ways sooner. So that's something I'm also committed to, which secret between you and me, you have permission to let customers and students know they're not a good fit. You have permission to let them go and wish them well. Do not slog through a student-teacher relationship that is draining everyone and stressing everyone out. I promise you, because I've seen it for myself, that stress and overwhelm and struggle is carrying over into your other students and the group as a whole. It's sucking everyone dry, okay? <laughs> so don't just cut the ties sooner. You can do it with kindness, but firmness. And this is a huge lesson that I've learned. So Yes, there are, you know, limits I have to continue to set. There are extra resources, extra checklists, extra guidelines that I will continue to create to make sure the ads intensive remains an awesome experience for my students, for me, for my ads mentors and all of that. So hopefully I can come on the podcast at a later date and kind of tell you more specifically about some of those newer improvements and changes and all the ways the program continues to get more fun and enjoyable to teach and gets more fun and enjoyable and more powerful and effective for my students. But I think at this point, I've left you with plenty of ideas for how you can tweak and improve your current programs and offerings as well so that 
you accomplish these three things, that you have students who are actually taking action and getting way better results. So you're helping your customers more. That's number one. Number two, you are less stressed out and less overwhelmed. You are enjoying your program a lot more. And then number three, that your program is more financially sustainable for you, your business, your team members, all of that. Okay, my friend, that's it for today. If you're interested in learning more about my ads intensive program, you can just head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads. That's A-D-S, brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads. You can also just Google FB ads intensive with Beth Ann Schwamberger and it should come up that way too, but you can learn all about my program there. Maybe you just want to learn about it because it's going to give you ideas for how to structure your new program. That is great. I welcome that. (laughs) Please go learn from my sales page. That's amazing. Or maybe you would like to apply and be part of this unique way to learn ads and a way that's going to get you better results than the methods you might've tried in the past for learning ads. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. 